Welcome back to the Hemingway List podcast for Book 8, Chapter 18. Here we see Maya Dmitrievna in her full fury as a matriarch of her home. Do you think she is acting appropriately? Would you act the same in her position? Natasha seems even more resolute to run off with Anatole after her escape was thwarted. Do you think she will still find a way to elope with him? Or will she eventually come to her senses? As usual, Count Andreich sticks his head in the sand and pretends everything is fine. We've seen how this strategy has worked for him in the past. What do you think he should do in this situation? My Dmitrievna is tough love, you know? And I think she does an excellent job of protecting young Natasha. Sometimes young people, uh, you know, you've got to, You've got to let their uh, reality be real, you know. You can't dismiss the feelings that they are having because they're very real to them. But also, with the benefit of having a bit of wisdom and age, um, you can definitely see that they're making a huge, dumb mistake. And sometimes you've just got to step in and be like, hey, look, I know what you're feeling, but you're also feeling something dumb and stupid and wrong and you're making a big dumb mistake and I think my Dimitri ever does, does that here she jumps in and just goes nah nah not having it not happening put my foot down usually you would allow someone their own what's the word autonomy but sometimes sometimes for their benefit you kind of have to take it away a little bit and just be like yeah nah not this time have a sleep on it maybe you know, uh, no pants time says Maya Dmitrievna absolutely did the right thing in my opinion. She stepped, she stopped the terrible plan in its tracks, and while she was brusque and stern with Natasha, she wasn't cruel. She also kept the whole plan from the count, which spared Natasha further pain as well as sparing the count. I might argue that keeping it from him was maybe even a little too lenient. How will he prevent her trying it again if he doesn't know? I think, um, yeah, I think that is a little too lenient on the count. He needs a kick in the pants. You know, she's the only one giving Natasha the tough love that she needs. And the count just kind of wants to have his head in the sand and pretend everything's cool. He doesn't want any anyone to be upset or any conflict. and uh, he, He's not good at dealing with it. Brett Peterson said at the beginning of the year, I read an article article, sorry, I think it was on the sidebar of this subreddit. It contained some spoilers, but it also contained this line, War and Peace is a novel without a hero. I was reminded of that in this chapter when we got to see the ugly side of the sweet and charming Natasha. I think that Maya Dmitrievna is acting from good intentions. I would probably act similarly. As for the second question, I still have hope that Natasha will come to her senses and return to the sweet and charming girl we all love from before she went to the opera. And for the third question, the Count really has an issue with confronting problems head-on. I fear I have a similar aversion to confronting issues, but I hope I am better at facing the discomfort for the long-term good. Everyone, I think, probably has at some level, at least maybe not a problem confronting things, but at least an aversion to it. You know, I don't like confronting situations. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm too avoidant of them, you know. You do you deal with what you gotta deal with. I think Count is a little bit cowardly in that sense, in that he feels the aversion 
and ducks out. He doesn't face it head on. Frank, sorry, Frank Bacon 100 said, a bit off topic, but is this happening again next year? I didn't find this subreddit until recently and I want to participate, but it's a little late to try to catch up. Lol. I'm going to reply in the comments right now, actually, because I don't think that Frank Bacon 100 will be listening to this if he's so far behind. But um, the answer is, and I'll say it as I type it, most likely it will be, watch this space, I guess it depends on, you know, is anyone willing to put their hand up and, and run the subreddit for a year? Um, which does not, by the way, include doing this podcast. You don't have to do the daily podcast. That's just something that I like to do, you know, now and then. This is the second time I've done a daily podcast about War and Peace. Um, but this is, what's this, the fourth year of War and Peace? And the first and the fourth are the two years where we've done uh, a podcast. But last year and the year before, um, it was just just the subreddit, just a daily read-along in the subreddit. Um, And so, yeah, we'll be needing people, someone, at least someone, to to sort of moderate the subreddit uh, and post the daily discussion forums. Um, You know, you can, if you are that person, you can think of the daily discussion prompt on your own. Or you can recycle ones from previous years. That's what I'm doing. Only because I'm doing the podcast as well. And it's just one less thing to do on a daily basis is to think of discussion prompts. When we had some pretty good ones in previous years. So I'm just grabbing discussion prompts from last year by 7 of 9. Reddit user 7 of 9. And um, recycling. Reuse, recycle, right? Anyway. Uh... This can't be the end of this saga between Natasha and Anatole, right? Um, it kind of feels anticlimactic at this point. But I'm I'm saying this, you know, you all know I've read this book before, but I genuinely, there's just whole chunks of this book that I don't remember. And I feel like I remember this saga very differently. Um... Yeah, I won't even say what I remember in case... Maybe I'm remembering like a future chapter where something else goes down. Or maybe I just invented something. But um, yeah, I don't know. Let's keep reading. Let's just keep reading and see what happens next. For uh, chapter 19. From the day his wife arrived in Moscow, Pierre had been intending to go away somewhere so as not to be near her. Soon after the Rostovs came to Moscow, the effect Natasha had on him made him hasten to carry out his intention... He went to Tver to see Joseph Alexandrovich's uh, widow, who had long since promised to hand over to him some papers of her deceased husband's. When he returned to Moscow, Pierre was handed a letter from Maya Dmitrievna, asking him to come and see her on a matter of great importance relating to Andrei Bolkonsky and his betrothed. Pierre had been avoiding Natasha because it seemed to him that his feeling for her was stronger than a married man's should be for his friend's fiancée. Yet some fate constantly threw them together. What can have happened, and what can they want with me, thought he, as he dressed to go to Maya Dmitrievna's. If only Prince Andrei would hurry up and come and marry her, thought he on his way to the house. 
on the Tverskoy Boulevard. A familiar voice called to him, Pierre, been back long? Someone shouted. Pierre raised his head in a sleigh drawn by two grey trotting horses that were bespattering the dashboard with snow. Anatole and his constant companion Makarin dashed past. Anatole was sitting upright in the classic pose of military dandies. The lower part of his face hidden by his beaver collar and his head slightly bent. His face was fresh and rosy. His white plumed hat tilted to one side, disclosed his curled and pomaded hair besprinkled with powdery snow. Yes, Yes, indeed, that is a true sage, thought Pierre. He sees nothing beyond the pleasure of the moment. Nothing troubles him, and so he's always cheerful, satisfied and serene. What I wouldn't give to be like him, he thought enviously. In Maya Dmitrievna's anteroom, the footman who helped him off with his fur coat said that the mistress asked him to come to her bedroom. When he opened the ballroom door, Pierre saw Natasha sitting at the window with a thin, pale and spiteful face. She glanced around at him, frowned, and left the room with an expression of cold dignity. What's happened? asked Pierre. Entering Maya Dmitrievna's room, fine doings answered Dmitrievna. For fifty-eight years I have lived in this world and never known anything so disgraceful. And having put him on his honour, not to repeat anything she told him, Maya Dmitrievna informed him that Natasha had refused Prince Andre without her parents' knowledge, and that the cause of this was Anatole Karagin, into whose society Pierre's wife had thrown her, and with whom Natasha had tried to elope during her father's absence, in order to be married secretly. Pierre raised his shoulders and listened open-mouthed to what was told to him, scarcely able to believe his own ears. That Prince Andre's deeply loved affianced wife, the same Natasha Rostova, who used to be so charming, should give up Bolkonsky for that fool, Anatole, who was already secretly married, as Pierre knew, and should be so in love with him as to agree to run away with him, was something Pierre could not conceive and could not imagine. He could not reconcile the charming impression he had of Natasha, who he had known from a child with his new conception of her baseness, folly and cruelty. He thought of his wife. They are all alike, he said to himself, reflecting that he was not the only man unfortunate enough to be tied to a bad woman. But still he pitied Prince Andre to the point of tears and sympathised with his wounded pride, and more, the more he pitied his friend, the more did he think, with contempt and even with disgust, of that Natasha who had just passed him in the ballroom with such a look of cold dignity. He did not know that Natasha's soul was overflowing with despair, shame and humiliation, and that it was not her fault that her face happened to assume an expression of calm dignity and severity. But how get married? said Pierre in answer to Maya Dmitrievna. He could not marry, he is married. Things get worse from hour to hour, ejaculated Maya Dmitrievna. A nice youth, what a scoundrel! And she's expecting him, expecting him since yesterday, she must be told. Then at least she won't go on expecting him. After hearing the details of Anatole's marriage from Pierre and giving vent to her anger against Anatole in words of abuse, Maya Dmitrievna told Pierre why she had sent for him. She was afraid that the Count, or Bolkonsky, who might arrive at any moment, 
if they knew of this affair, which she hoped to hide from them, might challenge Anatole to a duel, and she therefore asked Pierre to tell his brother-in-law in her name to leave Moscow and not dare to let her set eyes on him again. Pierre, only now realising the danger to the old count, Nicholas and Prince André, promised to do as she wished. Having briefly and exactly explained her wishes to him, she let him go to the drawing room. Mind the count knows nothing. Behave as if you know nothing either, she said, and I will go and tell her it is no use expecting him. And stay to dinner, if you care to, she called after Pierre. Pierre met the old count, who seemed nervous and upset. That morning Natasha had told him that she had rejected Bolkonsky. Troubles, troubles, my dear fellow, he said to Pierre. What troubles one has with these girls without their mother. I do so regret coming here. I will be frank with you. Have you heard she's broken off her engagement without consulting anybody? It's true this engagement never was much to my liking. Of course, he is an excellent man, but still, with his father's disapproval, they wouldn't have been happy. And Natasha won't lack suitors. Still, it has been going on so long, and to take such a step without father's or mother's consent, and now she's ill, and God knows what. It's hard, Count, hard to manage daughters in their mother's absence. Pierre saw that the Count was much upset and tried to change the subject, but the Count returned to his troubles. Sonia entered the room with an agitated face. Natasha is not quite well. She's in her room and would like to see you. Maya Dmitrievna was with her, and she said to ask, she asks you to come. Yes, you are a great friend of Bolkonsky's. No doubt she wants to send him a message, said the Count. Oh dear, oh dear, how happy it all was. And clutching his spare grey locks in his temples, the Count left the room. When Maya Dmitrievna told Natasha that Anatole was married, Natasha did not wish to believe it and insisted on having it confirmed by Pierre himself. Sonia told Pierre this as she led him along the corridor to Natasha's room. Natasha, pale and stern, was sitting beside Maya Dmitrievna and her eyes glittered, glittering feverishly, met Pierre with a questioning look the moment he entered. She did not smile or nod, but only gazed fixedly at him, and her look asked only one thing. Was he a friend, or like the others, an enemy in regard to Anatole? As for Pierre, he evidently did not exist for her. He knows all about it, said Maya Dmitrievna, pointing to Pierre and addressing Natasha. Let him tell you whether I have told the truth. Natasha looked from one to the other, as a hunted and wounded animal looks at the approaching dogs and sportsmen. Natalia Ilinichna, Pierre began, dropping his eyes with a feeling of pity for her and loathing for the thing he had to do. Whether it is true or not should make no difference to you, because then it is not true that he's married. Yes, it is true. Has he been married long? she asked. On your honour? Pierre gave his word of honour. Is he still there? Is he still here? she asked quickly. Yes, I've just seen him. She was evidently unable to speak and made a sign with her hands that they should leave her alone. All right, there we go. Pierre's been dragged into it to uh, be yet again the stand-in for his good friend, Andre. Have your say about the chapter on the subreddit. Thanks for listening. I'll see you tomorrow.